Good morning, Valley Creek family. This is indeed unprecedented times, and because of that, it calls for unprecedented action. And therefore, here we are worshiping online only this morning. But we're glad that you have chosen to worship with us today, and we're proving today that the church is not about a building, but it's about a body of believers. In fact, some of your church family are going to be posting pictures online of them having watch parties, and so you'll be able to see who is joining with you during this time. But we're glad, again, you're taking this time to be with us this morning. As we start, I want to take just a moment to thank the staff here at Valley Creek as they have truly rallied to do whatever it takes to continue ministering here at the church, even to make sure that we're ready to do this service this morning. We are blessed with a great staff, and I know that I am truly better at what I do because of the staff that surrounds me. In fact, many times, they are the ones that make me look good. I especially would like to take a moment to say thank you to Zach, who worked to make sure that we had everything in place ready to do this live stream this morning. I'm also sure that Zach would then pass that credit along to others who helped him. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get ready to worship the Lord this morning. As we start, Luke's going to lead us in a song of, of, of worship this morning. And so wherever you're at this morning, let's raise our voices and praise to our God because we truly have a God worth, worth worshiping this morning. What's your name again? Luke this yeah. morning. Thank you, Luke, this morning <laughs> for that wonderful song to remind us. On a day when we might seem uh, maybe like we're a little bit in bondage today, it's good to be reminded that we are free in Jesus Christ. Indeed, we are not in bondage today. In fact, I'll say this. I think some of the folks sound a lot better this morning than normal. Don't you, Luke? Yeah. Anyways, we continue our worship today. Let's, we have a special guest. One of our church members I want to introduce you to uh, this morning is uh, Miss Sharon Wright. So come on, Sharon, if you would today. Uh, if you don't know Sharon, let me introduce you to her, uh, even with her role at our community. Uh, Sharon is the Vice President of Patient Care at Hardin Memorial Health, and she is at this time the Executive Leader for the Hardin Memorial's Coronavirus Task Force. In other words, she is on the front line helping our local hospital and healthcare community deal with this health crisis. So Sharon, thanks for being here with us this morning. Uh, I know you're not getting much rest these days, and so to take time out of your schedule, I truly appreciate um, so as you start with us this morning, Sharon, the first thing I'd like for you to do, if you would, share some things with our church body and anybody who might be listening today of some of the reasons that might calm some fears that we have right now around the coronavirus. Well, first, thanks for having me, Brother Scott, and good morning, Valley Creek family. I'm glad to speak to you. I think the best answer to fear is to arm yourself with facts. So I want to start out speaking about what is the coronavirus Coronaviruses have been around for many, many years. They're a very common cause of the cold and pneumonia. On December 31st in China, China reported to the World Health Organization that they were seeing unusual cases of pneumonia. By January 7th, scientists had identified that there was a new strain of coronavirus that was causing these pneumonias. From there, what we have learned has been in studying those that have been infected worldwide. Because it's a new strain of coronavirus, our bodies don't recognize that, and it's spread very quickly. So it makes the entire world at risk for being exposed and develop the coronavirus. But the good news is 80 to 90% of patients or persons who are exposed to coronavirus really don't feel ill at all or have a very mild case of it or something we would call a common cold. So that's one thing that should allevi alleviate your fears. 
common symptoms of coronavirus are fever, cough, um, some shortness of breath in those patients that become uh, more seriously ill. Other good news that I want to share to you, currently there are no cases in Hardin County. With that, uh, in the state of Kentucky, 153 have been tested. Only 16 to 18 of those have been tested positive. Those numbers continue to change throughout the day. What I can tell you for Hardin Memorial, we have tested five, and that's in the last two weeks. I want to put that in context, Brother Scott, because we see hundreds of patients in our doctor's offices every day. We see between 200 and 250 in the emergency department daily, and we see 200 to 250 in our urgent cares. So again, we have tested five, and you can deduct for yourself. If the county has had no positive cases, then we have had no positive cases at Hardin Memorial. Yeah, so, so you're telling me some of the good news, if, if I'm hearing you. Mm-hmm. First of all, 80 to 90% of the people, if they were to get it, it's not going to give them any serious health issues. And when you look at our community, again, only, we've only seen the need to test five people based on their, their symptoms. So that is some, some really good news. It is good news. I, w- I want to preface that because many of the healthcare workers know that there's a shortage of the testing supplies. So that doesn't mean that we have had only five who are concerned about the coronavirus. We have had thousands who are concerned about the coronavirus. Uh, the testing currently, as of midweek last week, had to be approved through the state and could only be provided at the state level. When we began this two weeks ago, it could only be provided by the CDC in Atlanta. Uh, Late last week, on Wednesday and into Thursday, there are three other companies performing the testing. So now we have more testing sites available. Uh, So do I think that we only have had five concerned in Hardin County? No, but those are the ones that we have found most critically ill that we have tested. Other things that I want to talk about that should alleviate your fear. your healthcare community prepares for infectious disease outbreaks. That is part of our job. Uh, many people say, what do you do, Sharon? What's your job? Well, part of my job is preparing for the what-ifs. Uh, truly, a hospital is a city within the city, and we function and we prepare for phone outages, for disasters such as uh, natural disasters and bad weather, to infectious disease outbreak, to supply chain issues. Uh, We have been meeting, our task force meets every day. Uh, We are meeting not only with Hardin Memorial, but across the state. We have been meeting with our Fort Knox partners, and it's very reassuring to me to have Fort Knox in our community. They have an abundance of supplies and a system that should we get to the point of needing their supplies, there's a method that that can be accomplished. For fear, uh, what I would say is is there's two extremes. There are people who are not concerned about it at all. There are people who are panicked and hysterical about it. And it really should be a healthy balance in the middle. There are those that are higher risk, and they should take extra precautions. But for for today, your healthcare system is prepared. We have supplies. We have backup for the supplies. We have staff. Uh, I checked our census this morning. We're at 140 patients, and we don't re- really get full till about 200 or 250. We have plenty of beds, and things are routine 
business as usual at Hard Memorial. So again, good news is 80 to 90% of the people, if they were to get it, it wouldn't be a big concern to them. We have a healthcare system locally that, that's prepared and ready to go, and, and we've not tested anyone positive in Hardin County to this Correct. date. Uh, now, obviously, though, uh, there's the 10 to 20% of our population that does need to be concerned. And so tell us, with the things that you've relieved our fears about, why is it that we've had to go to such large, extreme measures to protect our community? Well, those at greatest risk are those over the age of 60, those that have chronic lung disease, heart disease, kidney disease, or are immunocompromised patients that have cancer, have had transplants. And Kentucky is heavily populated with all of those. We are one of the most unhealthy states in the nation. So we should be concerned for that population. Uh, the CDC, or Centers for Disease Control, also tell us the immediate risk for being exposed is still low. Over the coming months, we expect that the majority of the U.S. population will be exposed. Our goal is to take extra precautions and to slow the transmission of the, the virus. Things that I would recommend all of us do, and these are common sense things that should bring you comfort. They're not expensive, and you don't have to go anywhere to get them. Avoid contact with those that are sick. Avoid contact with your face, and that is very, very hard. Uh, we had a meeting this last week where someone in the room unknowingly counted how many times our group touched their face, and it was over 150 in about 30 minutes. So we do that unconsciously. Don't touch your face. The very best preventative measure is soap and water. Uh, the other thing I would recommend is disinfecting the common high-touch areas in your home, in your businesses, wherever you are. That doesn't require a high-powered cleanser. It requires good old bleach. And the concentration of bleach is 1 to 100, or 1 part bleach, 99 parts water. Hand sanitizer, we do recommend that. Your hand sanitizer should be at least 60% alcohol for it to be effective. And when you're washing your hands, wash them for at least 20 seconds. What I've been telling folks is when you're washing your hands for 20 seconds, pray for 20 seconds. It's a good use of your time while you're doing the right things for our public. Social distancing, if you are going to be in the public, try to stay at least six foot away from the other person. And one of the reasons that we are asking to control the population that gathers as a whole, why would we do that? Uh, well, for one, 60 to 70% of our isolation gowns and masks and many other medical supplies come out of the country of China. China has completely shut down. We need them to recover and come back to work so that those supplies are readily available for the other countries of the world that will face this pandemic as it rolls out. I also ask that you arm yourself with local factual information. Taking information from other countries such as Italy or China that virus mutates or changes and can mutate often. So what has been seen in those countries and the resources in those countries 
and how densely populated they are may not be applicable to Hardin County, Kentucky. So arm yourself with local factual information. One of the sites that I use multiple times a day is the Lincoln Trail Health Department. And when you pull up their website, there's a red tab at the top of the screen for health alerts and food recalls. If you click on that red tab, there's a whole list of green bars. It gives you local and state information and all of the advisories and press releases for Kentucky that you are not basing your actions on actions that are taken in other parts of the world. The United States is very different. Other sources, there is a 1-800 number if you are a concerned citizen and think that you might have coronavirus or have concerns, and it's in Kentucky, 1-800-722-5725. I would also refer you to the CDC Centers for Disease Control, and then hmh.net also has links to all of those websites. Well, Sharon, you've given us some great information. So, again, I thank you for being uh, with us this morning because it sounds like you're saying we obviously need to take this serious. And, in fact, even what other countries have uh, suffered kind of affects us more in a sense of supply chain and some of that. And if we all do our part, including like what we're doing this morning being online only, we're going we're gonna to push this virus down the road and hopefully not suffer some of the serious things that we've been seeing overseas. Is that, is that kind of right? Yes, that's correct. We are going to continue to see this virus spread. That is inevitable. Our goal is to allow the supply chain to catch up and is also not to overstress our, our health care system. If a large bolus of our population becomes exposed and infected and critically ill, then is when we will see the concerns that have, have happened in other countries. So um, all of those things are important. The other thing is allowing our scientists to continue to study this virus. Can there be a vaccine? Can there be better treatment protocols? All of those things important. So time's our friend. So if we can push it down the road. Uh, listen, we can really help prevent this from being a serious, serious crisis situation. I got good news for you, Sharon. I don't know if you noticed when you came in, our staff, uh, we practice, you know, that, uh, that uh, the social, social distancing. distancing. We, we even park every other spot out in the parking lot, so we're doing our part. But listen, Sharon, again, thanks for being here. And I know talking to you, you would say part of this, even as a believer, is listen, not being overwhelmed with fear, doing your part, but also putting trust in the Lord. And so what we want to do is we want to pray. Brother Sean, in fact, he's going to come and he's going to pray uh, for you because uh, you and the other health care providers that are on the front line are doing a great job. So we want to pray for you and our leaders. And so Brother Sean now is going to take a time and, and just lift a, a prayer up to the Lord. So let's just bow uh, together this morning. Father, as we come before you today, we just want to start by praising you. Lord, when things are good, we want to praise you. And when things are difficult, we want to praise you. Lord, you're so far above our circumstances, and so we thank you for being a God that loves us, that cares, that's in control, even when it feels like it's out of control, Father. Uh, so thank you for being a God that is in control and that loves us. Lord, we lift up our nation right now. We lift up uh, the world to you right now, Lord, as it's going through this, Father, that in the midst of this chaotic moment, Lord, that uh, you uh, would bring about hope and grace and peace raising up people to care for the sick and Lord to even today to help rest and allay the fears that are going on Lord we lift up our president and Congress right now Father that you would give them wisdom on the decisions that need to be made 
and what needs to happen. And Father, we pray even in this moment of your grace that, Lord, that you would do something in such a way that would actually bring us together as a country. Father, that uh, we would not be so divided, but Lord, that something like this would allow us to really get back to what's important of people uh, and not agendas. Father, we lift up our governor and those at the state level that are making decisions. Father, we lift up uh, our mayor and we lift up those at the local level that are making decisions. Father, again, that you would give them wisdom, that you would uh, give them correct information to be surrounded by the right people and Lord, that they would make decisions that is best uh, for the community, best for the state. Father, we lift up our healthcare providers and workers and know right now, Lord God, that I thank you uh, for the gifts that you have given them. Father, thank you for the knowledge that you've given them. And Lord, we pray that one, even as we pray that uh, you would prepare them, that they wouldn't fall ill as they're taking care of people, but Lord, also uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, the toll that it is taking on them right now, uh, Lord, that you would draw close to them. You would minister to them. Lord, you would let those that uh, you call your sons and daughters, Lord God, that you uh, are their strength and their hope in this moment. And Lord, that they're not doing this on their own, but Lord, they're doing this through the gifts that you've given them. So Lord, we pray uh, that which they need right now, Lord God, just your presence that you would just draw close to them as we know that you have and that you are and to provide and take care of them. Lord, we lift up those right now um, that are living uh, in fear right now. And Father, we pray that you would take this time, Lord God, uh, to help them to begin to recognize instead of living in fear, uh, to begin to even ask the purpose of why do they exist and live to begin with. Lord, that in a moment like this, instead of being uh, hurt by fear and crushed by fear, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, you would do such a work in their lives right now, Lord, that would begin to make them even question so that they would recognize, Lord, that this life is more than just trying to hunker down and survive, but Lord, it is to live. And Lord, what it means to live in you, Jesus, what it means to know you as Lord and Savior. And Father, that uh, even though death is inevitable at some point in time, Lord God, for all of us, but Lord, the real purpose of the time that you have given us of what it means to live on this earth and even more importantly for eternity. And Lord, we do lift us up as believers. And Father, I pray right now that you would help us to be the example of what it means to be in you with wisdom, but with love. Father, I pray that as we go about conducting our business, Lord God, again, that it would not be in fear and it would not be callous. But Lord God, it would again be that balance that we've talked about today. Lord God, that of, of wisdom and love. Lord, I pray that even as we go to the grocery store, Lord God, that we would not hoard if we don't need it. Lord God, that we would be wise in what we're doing. But Lord, in some things, we wouldn't even take extra stuff, Lord, in order to provide for somebody else in that moment. Lord, help us to love in such a way, the way that you have loved us, so that when people do look at us and we have concern, Lord God, that we can give the answer. The reason I live the way I do, imperfectly as it is, is because Jesus has changed my life. Lord, help us as believers in Valley Creek and, Lord God, even in this county and this nation, Lord God, to do what you've called us to do, which is to trust you, love others as the way you have loved us and to share the hope that was within us. That is you, Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
Uh, indeed, today we have a living hope in Jesus Christ, and uh, one of the reasons we don't have to fear indeed today is because of that living hope uh, we have in Jesus. Now, today we were planning to, to be in Luke 14 as we continued our series in Luke. However, sometimes circumstances dictate that you change course. So instead of Luke 14, I'm going to take a few moments and share with you from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, 2 Timothy is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, who was a young pastor. When Paul wrote this letter, he was in dungeon, dungeon awaiting his likely death. Uh, I would imagine for any of us, that would have been a very uh, difficult and solemn time that might have overwhelmed us. Uh, maybe even like some of you feel right now as we face the uncertainty of dealing with the coronavirus. We might not be anticipating our death, but in ways we feel like we are in a dungeon. But although he was facing this difficulty, uh, Paul wrote to encourage Timothy. He actually started by telling Timothy how he was encouraged by his genuine faith, and then he challenged Timothy to fan into flame the gift that God had given him. That would be the gift of sharing the gospel and of his gift of ministry. Then Paul made this statement that I've heard quoted many times this week from 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And this is a great verse to speak in our time, as some in our day have let their life be driven by fear. I know for me, on my day off, as I was trying to go through my normal routine of grocery shopping, I was amazed at how many items were completely gone off the grocery shelves. I was amazed at how many items, again, had just seemed like they disappeared. I don't know what all the people are going to do with that extra toilet paper they now have in their house, but I know at least some people must have a good stock of toilet paper in their homes today. Fear has driven some to stockpile in hopes of having basic supplies in the days ahead. As I looked at those empty shelves, it really sunk into me how much people were being driven by fear and how much things were going to be different for a while. It is interesting to me that last week as we made our way though through the book of Luke that Jesus spoke to us about our anxiety. Maybe God last week through that message was trying to remind us that we don't have to be anxious even in preparing for the week that we had. God truly can provide for us even in advance of uncertain times. Now, as I say this, let me remind you that last week I said this, that fear is not a bad thing. Fear can be good. Fear can keep the average person from jumping off a cliff to his or her death. Fear can keep you from stepping in front of a speeding car. Fear is something that God has provided for our lives to help us. In fact, it can be a healthy fear of getting sick that can motivate a person to wash your hands regularly to regularly clean surfaces that can hold germs, to avoid being around others if you are in a high-risk category, and to take other precautions. Fear is not a bad thing. But notice what Paul wrote here. It wasn't that God hadn't given us fear, but that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And when I hear this, I ultimately think that what we are being told here is that in the depths of our life, we should not be driven by fear. A spirit of fear is one that has a hard time functioning. A spirit of fear is one that acts irrationally. A spirit of fear is one that has no peace. A spirit of fear does not come from God, but would come from Satan, who would seek to paralyze us like Saul was paralyzed at the sight of the giant Goliath, rather than looking to God and finding strength and victory. What every believer should know today is that we do not need to have a spirit of fear. Various scriptures remind us today of why we do not to fear in this way. One of the more popular is found in Psalm 27.1. It says this, 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer to those questions of the psalmist is no one. And let me also say no thing. If the Lord is your light and salvation, if the Lord is the stronghold of your life, you do not even need to fear the coronavirus. And not because it cannot kill you, but because God is the one who is in control. And God is the one who controls your eternal destiny. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a believer has been given a spirit. Specifically, a believer has the Holy Spirit. And what the Spirit gives to us first is power. Jesus told his disciples that when the Holy Spirit came, that they would receive power. He was specifically letting them know that they would have the power they needed to share the gospel. Even here in this letter to Timothy, Paul was reminding Timothy that God had given him the power to carry out his ministry and proclaim God's truth. We need this reminder in our life because we need to be reminded that the reason we do not fear is because of the power of Jesus Christ. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul declared, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. You see, true power in our life is in the gospel. Think about why it is that so many people find their lives driven by fear in light of something like the coronavirus. It is because things like this bring people face to face with their own mortality. It is not so much of the fear that they might get sick, but a fear that they might die. There is only one cure for that fear, knowing there is hope beyond death. The Bible is clear that the greatest disease we face is not a disease of the flesh, but it is a disease of the spirit. It is the disease of sin, the disease that breaks our relationship with God and keeps us from living a righteous life. However, folks, Jesus took care of sin. The power of the gospel is that Jesus conquered sin by coming to earth and living a sinless life. Then he offered that sinless life up to be the sacrifice for our sin by dying on a cross. Then after being buried in a borrowed tomb, he rose again three days later to prove he could forgive sin and give eternal life. The gospel tells you that you can overcome sin by then placing your faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. And if you do place your faith in Jesus, you gain the hope of eternal life. That hope gives one power because then you do not have to fear death. And when one doesn't fear death, you are free to live even in the face of uncertainty. But that's not all. Even in Romans, it tells us it is that through this relationship with Jesus that you gain the ability to live the life that God desires. This is due to the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to live out this life. And so what I would say to you today, don't live by fear, but by power. But it's not just power that a believer has. The spirit that God has given us is also a spirit of love. It says in, John, in 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. If there is something that should characterize the life of a believer, it is love. Even a few weeks ago, we saw where the love that God calls us to, the love that God gives us, is even a love that extends to your enemy. God calls Christians to love in extraordinary ways. 
Don't forget that God's love is what motivated him to send Jesus. As it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's love set the example and Christians should have the same spirit of love. It is the spirit of love that led us to go online this week instead of meeting in our normal public gathering. Obviously, choosing not to gather this week with our church family was a very hard decision. In fact, most will not begin to know how difficult that decision was. I can even tell you this morning, it's a little odd being here. You can tell probably I'm a little bit more nervous than normal because this is not a normal situation. But in the end, a decision that had to be made because it was ultimately what would be most loving for our church family and for, for the community as a whole. To not gather for now is loving to our senior adult members who are at the highest risk because often they are the most dedicated and would come to church at the risk of their health. It is loving to the community as a whole because containing the spread of this virus, as Sharon shared with us, will ultimately help save lives and present, prevent some of the most devastating effects that we've seen in other countries. There may be people who are infected that we do not even know, so gathering in large crowds can be dangerous, and so not gathering is truly loving. Also, some people, even if sick, choose not to stay at home, and so when you consider loving, not gathering is the right thing to do. But let's not think that going online as a church is the only act of love that is required of us at this time. In fact, the love that God is calling us to during this time is just beginning. If Christians act in love during this time of crisis, what we can actually see is that the name of Christ will spread. We can love our neighbors first by meeting needs. In a world where so many are trying to hoard things, we as Christians should be the ones looking at our neighbors and asking if they have needs. And if they do, we should be sharing what we have. As Christians, we need to be the ones checking on those who we know are high-risk groups and asking if we can go get things for them so they do not have to go out in public where they are at risk of being exposed. As Christians, we need to be the ones who are most diligent in taking the necessary precautions to prevent the spread of this disease. Then we as Christians, if necessary, should be the ones caring for the sick. That has been the history of Christians. In times of crisis, we rise up to take care of others, even at the risk of our own safety. Looking back in history, there was a time when famine and war had afflicted the Roman city of Caesarea. So when the plague hit in the early 4th century, the populace was already weakened and unable to withstand this additional blow. The populace began fleeing the city for safety in the countryside. However, in the midst of the fleeing inhabitants, at least one group was staying behind, the Christians. As bishop of the city and a historian of the early church, Eusebius recorded in his manuscript called The Church History that during the plague, all day long, some of the Christians tended to the dying and to their burial, countless numbers with no one to care for them. Other Christians gathered together from all parts of the city, multitude of those withered from famine, and distributed bread to them all. Eusebius goes on to state that because of their compassion in the midst of the plague, the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips, and they glorified the God of the Christians. In other words, it was the Christians' acts of love during the crisis that spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Also, in 1527... When the bubonic plague hit Wittenberg, Martin Luther refused calls to flee the city and protect himself. Rather, he stayed and ministered to the sick. This even caused the death of his own daughter. 
but it produced a tract that he wrote entitled Whether Christians Should Flee the Plague, in which he wrote, For Christians, it is better that we should die serving our neighbor than surrounded in a pile of masks we never got a chance to use. And if we care for each other, if we share masks and hand soap and canned foods, if we are our brother's keeper, we might actually reduce the death toll too. In neither case did these Christians advocate negligence in the area of not taking precautions as they cared for others. In fact, they took every caution available to them. However, they did advocate a love that put others first, even if it meant being on the front line of care. We as believers should love extravagantly along the way. Let's be people who love. That is the spirit that God has given to his people. Now, before I move on, let me remind our church family that one way you can express love for others and your church is to continue to faithfully support the ministry of Valley Creek so that we can have the resources to continue to minister during this time. Various needs may arise that we do not even know about yet. You can support the ministry with your prayers. You can continue to support us as we do various online experiences and provide resources in the days ahead. And you can support the ministry by being faithful in your financial support. You can go online by even clicking a link located just below this live stream on the website or by later going on the website and clicking on the tab, uh, the giving tab, and, and follow the steps that are listed. If you're not comfortable with online giving, you can mail your tithe to the church at 4685 Springfield Road. By loving the church in this way, ministry will continue to happen. But no matter how you demonstrate love, what we know is this. God has given every believer a spirit of love. But there's one more thing that God has given to every believer. It's a spirit of self-control. Or as some translations say, a sound mind. This word in the Greek would also be translated sound judgment. The word speaks to the ability that the Spirit of God gives to every believer to approach a situation and not react instinctively, but instead to react to situations and circumstances in a way that pleases God. When we look at this characteristic, there are many applications to the Christian life. On a normal basis, we would think of this more in regards to the moral actions of our daily lives. We might think of self-control that would keep a believer from being involved in things like sexual immorality, or it might be the sound mind that keeps a believer from cheating on his taxes or, or stealing from others. We, we might think of sound judgment as the ability to spend money wisely instead of getting into unmanageable debt. It is the self-control that keeps a believer from lashing out in anger and instead react with calmness, even kindness. It is a sound judgment of a believer that instead of operating based on fear, looks at the situation and instead sees the hand of God and trusts Him. There are so many examples of self-control that we could go over that applies to life as we generally know it. In our current situation, is the sound mind of a believer that responds to the coronavirus and acts appropriately to whatever comes. It is not saying because God has given us no fear, not given us a spirit of fear, it, it doesn't mean acting recklessly. It is assessing the situation and then acting appropriately. For example, if you are sick, it is acting by staying home until you are well. Unlike the man, if you haven't heard from Nelson County, who was confirmed as having the coronavirus, then refused to quarantine himself and had to be put under uh, the, the, the guard of law enforcement. The sound mind of a believer acts willingly to protect others. It is the self-control of a believer that washes hands regularly, even more often until the danger passes. 
It is the self-control of a believer who temporarily chooses to not shake hands so as to not unknowingly pass or be infected by the virus. It is a sound mind that we believe along with love even has led to our decision today. But it's also the sound mind of a believer that during this time when life is so abnormal, when so many things that we are used to participating in are not going on, that we will find appropriate things to fill that time. That instead of being annoyed, we'll have the self-control to spend more time with family. The, the, the will, the, the, we'll have that sound judgment and not turn to destructive things, but instead we will devote extra time to things that are constructive. The self-control so that instead of hoarding, we will find ways to be generous. That we'll have the self-control that instead of being overwhelmed, we'll find ways to share Jesus with others. It is the sound mind of a believer that will see this time instead of a horrible time We'll see this time as God being at work. It is going to be the sound mind of believers that will find creator things to do when things are in an upheaval. I truly believe this, that if we let God work and we have the self-control that he provides and again, let him control our minds, this time could be beneficial to the life of the church, to the life of our community and to the life of every believer. In fact, I heard the other day about a man who was journaling about what was going on during the upheaval, and he happens to be a sports fan, so obviously his life has been turned upside down. So this is one of the things he wrote in his journal. Day three without sports. Found a lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. Well, it sounds like he needed this interruption in life a little sooner. Maybe we too need to get to know our families better, our neighbors better, our leaders better. This can truly be an amazing time if we give this time to the Lord. Believers, let's do this. Let's have the self-control or sound minds that makes the most of these unusual days. Because truly God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And as we walk in this spirit, I have no doubt of this that God will be glorified in these uncertain times. So let's walk in the spirit of God. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we bow into your presence in this moment. Thanking you, Father, that you have not given us, Lord, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Help us during this time, Father, to turn to you in a greater way that your spirit might be poured down upon us, Father, and we will live in that spirit that you have given us. I truly believe in this time, God, that if we, as your people, look to you, you will help us, God, glorify your name, and that this could indeed be a time of revival as your people step up to do. Maybe what we become complacent about, of not loving our neighbors as we should and not doing those things that you've called us to do. And so, Father, give our minds the ability to think and to do the things that you would have us to do that glorify you. As Sean prayed a while ago, God, we pray for all of those leaders again. Lord, who are helping us to be safe and making those tough calls. We continue to lift them up to you, Father, because indeed, these are not easy days. Decisions are hard to make, very difficult and grueling. But Father, I believe even if we look to you, Lord, we can make those decisions, again, above all, that most honor and glorify you. So we thank you, Father, for Jesus. We thank you for the hope and the peace that he gives. And today, Father, we're thankful that we can walk in power and love and self-control because of the Spirit that you have given us. We thank you now and praise you, and we praise you in Jesus' names. Amen. Amen.
What a great song to end our time of worship. And we encourage you, listen, to stay up to date by checking our website regularly for new information, as well as on our social media posts. We'll be providing resources and information throughout the week. Let me even encourage you, if this service touched you, and you might even know some neighbors that might be touched by that, this is going to continue to be available through the link on the website, and we'll make it available other ways later. Maybe even gather, have a viewing party with some neighbors who wouldn't normally go to church. Use this opportunity to reach out to those again, because God hasn't given us a power, I mean, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's be creative, church. Let's go out and reach our community during this time. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.